You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast. We are your hosts, Evie McLeod and Lindsay Roman. Photographers, listen up. Today is a treat of a guest and a topic. So grab a pen and paper now and get ready to take pages and pages of notes. If you have ever wanted to take photos that leave your clients in tears of joy or photos that quite literally take your client's breath away... On today's show, we are chatting everything storytelling and composition with the absolute queen of this subject, Annie Graham. Annie is an elopement photographer based out of Oregon who's been shooting since 2010. Annie is passionate about creating imagery that depicts the incredible outdoors and the heart of human beings in her work. Today, she gets to guide her couples all over the world, scaling up the sides of mountains and crafting unforgettable experiences for them as her job. She is also the founder of Immersed Education, an education brand for photographers on a mission to help their students take a literal step out of their comfort zones, culturally, physically, artistically, professionally, and relationally. Today, we asked Annie all the questions about how she's been able to tell such breathtaking stories via her photography work. Annie delivered, let me tell you, and walked you through her whole process and perspective behind how to approach client sessions and weddings. She covers how to prepare for a shoot, how to break out of a creative box in your photography, how to get out of autopilot on a wedding day, how to market to your ideal clients, and her advice for any photographer out there trying to find their own style and grow as a photographer. So yeah, basically Annie dropped tea for you today and you will hands down want a notebook for this episode. And it'll also leave you ready to run out and start shooting today with her technique and strategies. It did for Lindsay and I. (laughs) Are you ready to have your mind blown? Fantastic. Let's get Annie onto the show. If you are anything like me, you love a good lingerie set. And I have to tell you about my newest favorite find, Lunia. Now, Lunia's mission is to elevate rest, and oh my gosh, do they ever. Lunia is just so dang creative and innovative in their pieces. They have pioneered never-before-seen features and fabrics like washable silk, patented no-twist waistbands, strategic ventilation, stay-put sleeves, and more. If you are one of those people who loves comfort, beauty, and versatility in your loungewear, Lunia is the perfect brand for you. From robes to matching sleep sets to sweat sets and so much more, you will fall in love with Lunia and their mission. We promise. To snag your own stunning quality restwear that you'll never want to take off, go to lunia.co and use the code HEART20 for 20% off. You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast with Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman, two photographers turned entrepreneurs and founders of the Heart University. If you're a creative entrepreneur or a motivated dreamer wanting to make the most of your life, this podcast is for you. Each week, Evie and Lindsay bring you actionable tools to uplevel your business and life. So if you're ready to step up to the plate and pursue your God-given potential, you're in the right place. You're ready to live your life and run your business to its fullest? Then buckle up, because here are your hosts, Evie and Lindsay. Annie, welcome to the Heart and Hustle podcast. We are so excited to have you. Thank you so much for having me. Oh my gosh, it's going to be fun. I know, we're just so stoked to dive on in. Before we do that, though, can you just tell us a little bit about your story, how you got into photography, how you got to where you are today? Yes. So I have had my business up and running, shooting um, weddings and elopements, only elopements now, for five years. This will be my sixth year in business. And um, before that, I'd been in photography for a long time. You know, I was like 
that person who wanted to be a photographer. So everyone would ask them, ask me to shoot their wedding for free or shoot their portraits <laughs> for free or whatever. Yep. I was like that friend, you know, Yes. <laughs> for a long, like way too long. And then, yeah, I eventually got married myself, realized, Hey, weddings are actually kind of a big deal. This would be <laughs> pretty meaningful to, you know, put my whole career towards weddings. So I kind of niched into weddings in 2017, 18, 2018, kind of like right when Instagram and all of these things were getting really big. And then in 2019, 2020, I switched to just doing elopements. So that's kind of where my business is right now. I just shoot Mm -hmm. super small weddings, elopements, and now even less than I did before because I just had a baby and life is totally different. So mm-hmm. it's kind of where I'm at. I love nice. that. Wait, oh. I have a question before we like dive on even more into that. What what were you shooting before you specifically went to weddings and elopements? Like, was it literally everything? Yeah. It was like, <laughs> I would shoot a picture for an article for a magazine. Or nice. I would do like a brand shoot for a company. Or I would do portraits for... I don't know, a tattoo shop's friend or I don't know. It was like anything and everything I was doing and I was mm-hmm. making up my own projects and I was doing my own, you know, pretending like someone was hiring me to do something. I was doing like <laughs> my own little photo projects and stories, but I was pretty much doing everything, including weddings. I would literally scour Craigslist to see if <laughs> anybody was looking for a wedding photographer and I would book like $100 or $200 weddings. <laughs> Wow. I love that. Um, yeah. Relatable though. I feel like a lot of people got their start doing like yeah. getting scrappy like that. I mean, you have to, how else do you learn? If you just go right. straight, I think it's like so weird when I meet photographers who are like, yeah, I just bought my camera and decided to go full time. And now, you know, I'm in my first year of business and I don't know why it's not super successful. And I'm like, Oh girl, it took me like 10 years <laughs> to start getting paid for stuff. I don't know how you're doing this all in like six months, but it's just so different now. Um, Yeah. You can get such a nice camera and you can get presets. Like Lightroom didn't even exist when I was first shooting weddings. I was delivering everything on a CD to my clients, (laughs) to my $100 paying clients. That's amazing. A CD. And you know, if it was a big wedding, it was multiple CDs, volume one, (laughs) volume two, volume three. Yeah. And then I went to USBs and that was a really big deal. And then I started getting, you know, like the USBs that looked cool. It was like a little message in a bottle USB. It was very That's amazing. (laughs) Oh man. I love that. It's like you got to start somewhere. (laughs) Yeah, really? Seriously. In like 2017, when I went full time was when I first discovered, I think I started with Pixie Set. And I started delivering stuff online and I was like, wow, this is the future. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's true. It's changed the game that especially now that, you know, there's, there's platforms like PickTime that have, you know, printing services and workflows attached to your gallery delivery. It is mm-hmm. mind blowing. You're like, what, what yeah, is this magic? Too easy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was not like that before. No, we love it. <laughs> Oh man, Annie, I would love to hear in like your journey, because your work is just stunning. And we're going to dive into, you know, some nitty gritty of storytelling and composition and all of that. But I feel like a very common 
question from photographers is, you know, how did you find your editing style? How did you find your, your posing style and all of that? So I would love to hear that from you. Did that kind of evolve over the years? Did you kind of have a style established shortly within starting photography? Did it completely change at that, you know, wedding pivot mark? Just all of it. Honestly, I felt like I just copied other people's styles for so long. And it was like whoever was inspiring me, that's whose style I was trying to emulate. And it probably wasn't until I switched to just doing elopements that I kind of started unpacking my own style and who I was as a photographer and what I really cared about because... I switched my business so dramatically that I had to ask all these really hard questions. And there wasn't a lot of elopement photographers back then. I knew like three and I felt like there was a lot that I had to do in like a whole rebrand process that actually helped me discover what I really loved. So it wasn't like, it wasn't like this thing that I was always doing I think I look back at my work and I realize there's a lot of consistencies. There's a lot of like, no matter it's sometimes it's frustrating, honestly, no matter how hard I try to like evolve and grow and change my style, my pictures always look like my pictures. You know, when you're trying to like do something new and you're trying to do something different and you're feeling super inspired and then you take a, a whole bunch of photos and you go back and you're like, Oh my gosh, I'm just doing the same thing again and again and again. Sometimes it's really hard to actually break and grow and do things that are different. I feel stuck in that now, but I do look back at my work and I realize there's always this version of my, there's always this, what can I call it? Like a trend or like a thread that was kind of always the same, even when I was emulating work that I was feeling really inspired by or another photographer's work that I really wanted my work to look like or whatever it was, including, you know, where my work is now, I feel like there's always this like twist on it. That's mine that kind of falls back to, you know, the whole conversation about storytelling and pictures that feel emotional and are a little more involved. Um, Mm -hmm. and I've always been attracted to like pictures that feel really minimal and kind of wide open landscapes and, or like super zoomed in, emotions and details and stuff like that. So I've kind of had this trend that I've looked back and realized, but I think this whole, I don't know, the storytelling narrative that I've been growing into the last couple of years has been, has been more coming from me than just following other people's work for the first time. And it's something that I'm still growing into and still discovering. And I, I hope I never stop either. I hope I never yeah. like, get there. I hope I never land somewhere. I hope I'm always constantly changing and evolving, but I'm definitely in a phase of evolving right now into, into like something new. And it's, uh, yeah. So it's, it's ever changing. If anyone else feels like their work changes every single year, mine absolutely does too. (laughs) I love that though. It feels like, I don't know, it's so different than it was the year before. Hope everyone still likes it. Fingers crossed. I have felt (laughs) the exact same thing. I think that's a common thing as a photographer of like feeling like, oh, I'm stale or I'm like my work. It's just like, it's not, I feel like evolving is a natural thing. Mm -hmm. 
yeah, so I'm still in my process. So I don't, I don't know where it all comes from or where it's all going, but I'm, I'm still in it. I'm still working on it. Totally. Yeah. Well, I will say like, if anybody has seen your work, they can just buy their eyeballs, see how incredible <laughs> it is. And, and just, you do do just a, such a natural and beautiful way of, of storytelling with just the imagery that you're using or that yeah. you're creating. And so I would love to know if like, what advice would you have for any photographer that's listening who's maybe a beginner or just wants to like up their composition, up their storytelling ability, like make more richer photos, I guess you could say, like what, what would you say to them on like, what is the best thing that they can start doing to really hone in on really great composition and storytelling in their photos? You have to have a plan. The more I plan my shoots, the more I like visualize and think through every single thing that I'm going to do, the better everything is. I don't just Mm -hmm. go in and rely on my inspiration and my creativity that I'm just going to like wing it and be amazing. And, you know, I can work with any couple in the world, you know, it doesn't matter who you are, or where we are. This is just make magic. No, it doesn't, it doesn't fall that way for me. I feel like I have to think through everything from beginning to end from like, okay, who is my couple? What do they really care about? What are they doing this for? Uh, what's really important to them? Okay. Where are we shooting? What's the location? What's the lighting? What are different areas that I'm going to be shooting at? Um, what type of shots do I want to take in different areas? Like I'm, even though I want to be in the moment and I want to like capture something authentic, I still think through the types of emotions and types of things that I want to be capturing for each couple. So I have to like get to know my couple, get to know what's significant for them. What type of pictures do they really like? Okay. So what type of lenses am I going to be using? What type of light am I going to be looking for? Like I have to think through every single thing for a shoot or it's just ends up kind of being this hodgepodge of a situation where I'm like totally insecure by the end, wishing that it never (laughs) happened. You know, when you end a shoot and you're like, I have no idea if I got it. I hate that feeling. The more that I plan beforehand, the better everything turns out, the better my editing workflow is and everything because I have kind of the structure that I followed while I was being really flexible in the moment. Mm -hmm. Um, And I find that a lot of photographers that I meet are maybe relying a little too much on like their creative inspiration in the moment and energy Mm -hmm. from that couple and all of that to you know, make their shoe go really well. Um, but not every couple is that way. Then you get stuck in like extroverted couples and introverted couples. And then the conversation kind of ends up being too much about, you know, how do you pose and how do you work with somebody, you know, in the moment that's feeling really awkward or that isn't or whatever. And I feel like the conversation just lands there too often And I think there's just so much more as a photographer that you can do to set yourself up to capture images that are really emotional, that have a really clear theme, that are telling a story by all the work that you put in before you even drive to your shoot. Yeah. Um, That's so good. I have a follow-up question. I'm sure Lindsay's might be similar because we have the same brain and we ask the same questions sometimes. Um, Annie, when you say like plan and prepare and really like you know, go f- forward with an idea and a strategy and a, the story you want to tell for the shoot. Are you able or willing to kind of break down maybe like an example of what that looks like in preparing for a shoot? Like, do you 
uh, ask specific questions of your couple? Do you go as far as to make any sort of like mood board, whether it's just in your head or actually pulling photos together that you're wanting to recreate or any, like, what do you mean by plan? So I have an elopement coming up in a couple of weeks and you know, for elopement couples, you never really meet them beforehand. So first things first is I need to see them face to face to kind of get a understanding, a vibe of like who they are. So we'll have face to face conversation, at least one, maybe multiple. Um, I want to, we go through a whole process of choosing their locations. And from that, I, I kind of will discover like, oh, okay, they really, really like the coast and they really, really like all these pictures of the ocean in the background. And that's a really big deal for them. But at the same time, they're kind of flexible where they don't have like a specific coastal area. They just like the beach in general. So, okay, I want to make sure that I get pictures of them standing in front of the ocean in a general sense, not necessarily, you know, one specific location that's super meaningful, which some couples do. Then I go through questions like, what dress are you wearing? What details do you have going for this elopement? so that I can kind of see like, <clears throat> oh, these are the, this is like the vibe, the style, the aesthetic that they're really going for. And then like a couple of weeks before the shoot, I'll ask them, Hey, can you send me pictures that you have felt really inspired by? It doesn't even have to have anything to do with your wedding or anything, but if it does awesome, can you send me pictures that you really love? Doesn't have to be my work. It can be anything. And we kind of collaboratively make a Pinterest board together or some sort of mood board so that I can get an idea of, oh, they really, really love these pictures of like tiny people in a big landscape. And they also really love these like super close in emotional pictures. So I know if I'm ever suggesting where we are going to go to stand for pictures or vows or whatever it is, I'm going to keep those things in mind. So I have to first like understand who they are, understand what they're planning and imagining in their head. And then I want a visual of that. So show me what you're thinking in your mind so that then I can absorb all of that before going into shooting the elopement. That is incredible. I almost, I know we're going to talk about this later, so we'll save this question, but like the natural inclination of me goes, I don't even know what just came out of my mouth. My brain goes like, okay, having a client that really loves your work and like the style that you are known for hiring them is probably, I would assume like very important because I could imagine like a beginner photographer hear that. And it's like, okay, I have to absolutely cater to every, every wish that my client wants, which I love that you're doing that in like a good way. Um, cause I think when, when people are, you know, at those hundred dollar, $200 weddings, and they're just trying to like, I almost, it, it's almost like an elevated lux version of like a client shot list, but like better. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know. I did have a photographer come up to me and be like, I thought all photographers hated Pinterest boards because they don't want to be stuck to a shot list and they don't want to feel controlled by their clients. <laughs> right. But you do it in like a way that that's why I will, we'll ask this later, but like, I want to know like how you get the clients that like care about what you care about. Okay, great. Well, we'll get to that in a second. Um, I, I'm just so jazzed for this conversation. I lost my place. Where was I, Evie? Can I ask a question while you find your place, Lindsay? Yes, please. Okay. This, this can be just a quick question for you, Annie, but do you 
recommend or, or even just your own experience, do you do that level of like preparation planning, you know, getting their inspo photos, all of that for couple sessions as well? I don't even know if you still do those currently, or is that more for the, the more involved like elopements or weddings? Uh, no, I do it for everything, but honestly, I don't do that many couple sessions. I mostly do couple sessions, like for mentor sessions. And then I'm just making the mood board for the whole thing. But yeah, I do it for couples too. Gotcha. Okay. I I know my question now. (laughs) This might be not this because you do elopements, which are naturally, I think a little bit more breathable, a little bit more space. They're not typically as hectic, but I guess one of the things that I was thinking of is like, if you go into a wedding day with a plan and like, okay, I I know that they value this. I really want to get this composition. But as, I mean, even on elopement day, it's like all things can, can go wrong or time can, can run out, which again, this is, this might be a little bit more of a wedding problem than an elopement problem, but on a wedding day, how do you prioritize getting those photos that depict your storytelling and composition that you really want when like the schedule might be hectic or crazy? And especially if like the timeline is crunched and you, you almost don't have the space to create in the way that you want to. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I shot a wedding recently in January, recently, my last wedding I shot in January. (laughs) (laughs) We love it. We love the space. (laughs) Was so full on that I definitely had all these ideas that I was going after, but it was more of like a general theme. Like, okay, I really want to try to shoot at least 10 rolls of film this entire wedding. So how can I space that out? How am I going to do that? So it wasn't like, I want to get this shot and this shot and this shot, but it was, okay, how can I make space in my brain to incorporate? I need to remember to take film photos throughout the day. And then we had another idea of, I really love these pictures where there's a lot going on in the back, like say, you know, right after the ceremony is over, everybody is hugging the bride and groom. There's so much love and energy and everything that's going on. And I really want to take pictures of what's happening behind the couple while they're hugging all their family friends. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I have these like ideas and things that I want to try to do because of moments that I know are going to happen that I'm anticipating. So it's like, I wanted to get that shot of, you know, the sister crying in the background while the bride is hugging her mom or something. But I didn't know if that was going to happen or not. But I knew that when those moments were happening, when the bride and groom were hugging everybody after the ceremony, that instead of just click, 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 taking all these pictures of them hugging, I was looking around to see what else is going on, who else is emotional in the background, who's standing to be hugged next. And so it's like I have goals like that and ideas that I want to try to incorporate into the types of pictures that I'm taking, but I don't don't know if I'm going to get that shot or I'm not necessarily going after something very, very specific. I'm going after an idea or uh, uh, a, like a theme like film or like an idea of what's happening behind the thing that I would traditionally focus on taking pictures of like that. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, yeah. That makes absolutely. so much sense. Do you any keep any sort of like list or anything like that in your head to remind yourself throughout the day of like, Oh, I I I want to shoot. Okay. Yeah. I I was going to say, I I was going to say, dude, there's no way, at least for me in my memory, like I could not sit there and remember 
even if I thought ahead of time, you know, I want to shoot behind the couple while they're hugging people. That would be a great thought ahead of time. I would forget in the, in my brain in that exact moment. So yeah, I I love the list. It's like my bathroom break and I'm like, oh, I got to look at my list and see. And I'm like, wow, I haven't done anything on my list. Perfect. Now I need, and now I need to like go and try to, you know, it's, I 100% do that. And I'll have gone through like ceremony, everything. And then I look at my list and I'm like, shoot, I've missed all these things. Now I'm going to try to get this during the reception or whatever. Yeah. I that love that. I think, I think this is so helpful for anybody that's, that's currently a wedding photographer or wants to be a wedding photographer uh, of any capacity. Because I think when you're on a wedding day, it is so stressful and it's so high intensity and energy. Like, especially for bigger weddings, but, but even small weddings, like it, it's a huge day for this couple. Mm-hmm. And I love that you're just telling us the process of planning because I think that's the only way you can go in and like have the intentional like space do something to different. create. Yes, yes. To do something different. If um, you yeah, want to like grow, do something different, try yeah. something new or try something you've been practicing or whatever. It's so easy. Like I said before, it's so easy. I think for your work to just be the same over and over yeah. and over and over and over again. And then yeah. you start wishing for like different clients or different locations for your work to grow and change and be better or whatever your dreams come true. But it's all right there in front of you. It's just, it's just, you have to take some time and space to figure out how to make the most of what you already have. And I think that for me, I think especially since like having a family and things are super hectic and I can only take on a certain amount of weddings every year, that's like, I have, you know, I decided to take on 10 weddings this year. And I have 10 weddings to like show for my entire portfolio for the whole year. And I still want to keep growing. So how can I make the most of every single shoot that I have? Mm-hmm. Not being super picky on what I take on because it's mostly just first come first serve, you know? Yeah. But it's, how can I make the most of all of this? And how can I grow in 10 weddings in a year? And how can I like continue to evolve, you know, as much as I have when I was shooting 50 a year, how can I be more intentional with what I have now and make the most of it? Because I have to, that's where I'm at now. So. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love this conversation. Okay. I have a question. We've talked about, you know, kind of preparing and all of that, even a little bit of, of being on the shoot. But my, my question is, does all of it for you in the storytelling and, you know, the composition of the image and everything occur in the moment or on the actual shoot? Or does some of it also happen for you in post-production, like editing? Yeah, I think you can make something look pretty magical in (laughs) (laughs) post-production. Slap on a black and white, you crop in. We love a good crop. (laughs) Seriously, though, sometimes, like, I don't know, say say you just have a couple that's kind of not much movement. They're not really doing that much in front of the camera. You're going to have to go and post and make something look like different, you know? Yeah. You can change your lens and get a different focal point and you can use different composition to make your pictures look different. But couples who aren't as active in front of the camera, I find that I, I do a lot and a lot more in post when I'm editing to bring in variety, to bring in a different perspective, to bring in the different emotions that you're feeling in one scene through like the way that I'm cropping or editing or what colors I'm choosing or what's black and white or whatever it is, because 
that can bring in so much creativity, especially in a shoot that not that much was happening. Yeah. It's a balance. So good. Hey, Heart Fam, we had to interrupt this episode real quick to share with you something that's revolutionized our workflow. Everyone always asks Evie and I what the number one investment is that we've made in our businesses. Without a doubt, the best investment we've ever made to get our life and time back is HoneyBook, a client relations management software. We both use HoneyBook every single day and legit could not live without it. It's an all-in-one project management tool that's designed specifically for creative entrepreneurs. I honestly don't know what I would do without HoneyBook. It streamlines everything. Email conversations, client workflow, contracts, invoicing, calendar integration. HoneyBook literally coordinates everything for my business. They thought of everything that a creative entrepreneur could need and combined it all in one place. From templates, brand customization, an app so that you can send invoices while you're on the go, all the way to the little ka-ching sound your phone makes every time you you get paid, aka my favorite part, HoneyBook gives you the ability to streamline an excellent client experience from your fingertips so you no longer have to spend 24-7 working in your business and you can finally get back to living your life instead. Guys, we know you're going to love HoneyBook just as much as we do. In addition to a free seven-day trial, we have an exclusive offer just for our podcast listeners. 50% off your first year of HoneyBook. Guys, that's a $200 value. All you have to do is go to share.honeybook.com slash heart and claim your discount. That's share.honeybook.com slash heart. Or you can check out the link in our show notes. If you're enjoying what you're getting in this podcast for free, then you're about to get your mind blown with what we offer in our educational courses. If you're ready to uplevel your business, serve your clients like never before and reach revenue goals that you've barely dared to dream of, then we're ready to help. Our courses are packed full of tools, formulas, strategies, and resources to help you kick freaking butt in biz. Whether you choose the photo major, a complete course for photographers, or the content photo minor, a mini course on how to finally slay your content photos for your blog, Insta, headshots, whatever, you will walk away with more knowledge than you ever thought possible. And here's the reality. We are here to see you succeed always and forever. And that is why we created each and every one of these courses. To check them out for yourself, read the reviews and look at each course syllabus, go to theheartuniversity.com forward slash courses. That's theheartuniversity.com forward slash courses. Okay. Now for the question that I wanted to ask earlier, (laughs) when you're, I guess, how have you focused on marketing to clients, which I know we're not necessarily talking about marketing in this episode, like as a whole, but in it, in the aspect of how it relates to how do you get clients that desire the exact style of imagery that you excel at? And that's how I was kind of relating it to like the Pinterest board earlier of in order to have clients that like their image and like their photos that they're loving is like a very similar type of vibe and style that you actually excel at and what you're known for. How have you found marketing that to get clients that like that? I feel like I just asked a very simple question in a long I mean, I think it's important to be really bold when you are choosing how to display your work. Like whenever I'm choosing what pictures to post on social media or what pictures I want to put on my website or whatever it is, I'm usually thinking of the pictures that feel the most like me. I'm not Mm. sharing everything. I'm not, you know, posting things just to share them just because I took pictures of that wedding or whatever, or that shoot, I'm choosing things that feel really, really, really me. 
And so I feel like visually I can say a lot about the type of pictures that I take. And because I focus so much on just visually marketing myself because I have an audience and we're not necessarily talking about nitty gritty marketing stuff, (laughs) like because I'm so specific about what I'm sharing, um, things that are a little more left, not like way left field or whatever, but you know, if you looked at an entire gallery, you'd probably see like the most creative shots are the ones that I'm actually sharing online so that I'm attracting people who feel really connected to that and who really want that in their weddings, elopements, shoots. And I feel like that's how I get people who come to me for the type of work that I offer I never have to like convince them to do something or I never have to convince them that the style is good or the style is better or whatever it is. I'm never convincing my clients of anything. They're coming to me saying, I want, you know, I want you to do whatever you want to do. I want (laughs) you to tell me what to do. Um, I want this like very specific, like super emotive type of images the one I want these super creative pictures for my whole gallery. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think, I think in the past, I just had a really hard time being so bold, being so, I don't know. uh, uh, It's not like my pictures are crazy different or anything. I think I'm just trying to say that I used to just post what I loved. I used to just share you know, a picture, my favorite picture from every shoot that I ever did, because it was more important for me to continue sharing and to, you know, continue posting of all the cool places I was going to so that I could get more couples who wanted to elope in cool places, you know? Mm -hmm. And now I feel like my style is more about the way the pictures look and feel. So I'm trying to attract clients who want pictures that feel that way. It doesn't matter where we are anymore because I can't really travel. And so it's like, I have a different, gosh, I feel like I'm going in circles too, but it's like, you have to know exactly what you're going for Yeah. in marketing. Like you have to be really, really clear on what, what type of client are you going for? Are you open to everyone and anyone? And I think the more specific you are about the type of people that you want to be working with, like I want, I used to want people that valued eloping and going to cool and fun places to elope because that was my whole life and it was so much fun. And now I've kind of had to switch to, I want people to come to me for like really creative, different, emotional, you know, type of pictures. And so any time I feel like I have pictures that represent that in a very intentional and specific way, that's what I'm choosing to share. Yeah. online. I and then there's that. like no question when they come to my website or whatever, they're not coming to me for something else because there's yeah. no question what I do because it's all mm-hmm. very clear, very, very clear what I do. Mm-hmm. And the more bold you are in that, the more you're going to connect with your clients because you're not just choosing to be a photographer for anyone. You're, you're limiting yourself but it's actually the best thing you can do. Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. So I don't, I don't get like a whole bunch of clients. Like I don't get a whole bunch of inquiries all the time, but if I get an inquiry, they're my couple. 
Like it's not that often that I'm sending out pricing and never hearing back. And it's not that often that I'm getting, you know, 10 inquiries a day. Yeah. So it's like my volume decreased, but now everyone who reaches out to me, they don't really care what I charge. They just want to work with me. It's like, they've already decided on it. I'm the only photographer they're reaching out to. Yeah. Like it's this totally different type of inquiry process that I have with people because I've niched myself so much visually, uh, you know, in the wedding world, like I've put a lot of boundaries around what I do and how I do it. And so I get less, but I get the people that really want to work with me and I only need 10. So that'll, that's not that bad. I love that so much. I think my follow-up question is for anybody that is maybe just beginning their photography career and they like look at your work, they look at your website, they look at your feed and they're like, Anagram is goals. Like your work is goals. And like, that's where they like, like they're like, or you're their inspo, like how you had inspo kind of at the beginning of your career. Um, Mm -hmm. What would you recommend to them? Like say that they can like register that like they're just beginning. Their work is not emotive in that way. And so it's like, I I could just imagine the struggle of somebody that's first starting and they're like, I, I can't afford to like be selective in that way or depict like, like, like my work doesn't look like that. I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to imagine myself in the position of someone who's frustrated because they want their work to look like beautiful and emotive and have that beautiful composition, but it's not there yet. And they feel like they're not attracting the people that would want that. They're just attracting like any person that wants, you know, a photographer for their wedding. What would you say to that person? That's like in that, like just beginner, struggle of frustration, like what direction would you, would you lead them to like how you got to where you are? If that makes sense. Yeah. I was actually just talking with someone about this on the phone the other day. And my advice was (laughs) it's, it's a process. I know it sucks. It's not what you want to hear, but I do think that getting to, you know, the place that you're trying to get to, it's a process. Mm -hmm. And the people that make it, have two things. One, they know what they're going for. They've discovered what they really love, what they really feel connected to, and they know what they want. And two, they're ready to fail. They're ready to make mistakes. They're ready to work with clients that they realize they never want to work with. (laughs) They're ready to, you know, do a shoot and have it all go wrong. Um, Whatever it is, I think there's just a lot of failure that is a whole part of the process of getting to, you know, a business that you feel represents you and who you are and what you love and what you want to get paid and, you know, all of it combined. I mean, it took me, I've been doing this and shooting weddings since 2010. So I've been in this for a long time. I don't think that there's, you know, anything else except the people who make it were okay messing up and failing and struggling and they stuck with it Mm -hmm. and they knew that what they were going for or they continued to refine what they were going for year after year after year as they were discovering oh this is my style oh this is actually what I'm good at oh this is what I feel connected to oh, when I do this or shoot with this lens or shoot in this aperture at this light, it really doesn't work. (laughs) Please never do that again. 
And I think so many people just give up because it is a lot of failure and it is a lot of just kind of sitting with yourself and being okay with where you're at uh, while you're in the midst of growing. And I, and I think the people who end up making it are the people that just keep going and keep refining and keep asking and keep trying. Mm -hmm. I don't know if there's like anything else that I could say because like not everybody is, you know, going to end up with the same business as mine. And I think obviously I've said this before too, you know, if you look at all the successful photographers that you look up to, they're successful because they're so themselves. Yeah. So you have to figure out what it is about you, what it is about your work that is different. That is like something that you'll be known for. And that process takes time and it takes a lot of failure and it takes a lot of like asking questions and practicing and trying and you just have to keep going. Yeah. But I know it sucks because that's not what you want to hear. Right. <laughs> but it's, it's like the true. last like, <laughs> I know, but baby, it's encouraging that. Mm. Yeah. It's not like you have to be this way or you have to be that way or you have to do this technique yeah. or you have yeah. to have a website that looks like this. I think it's, you have to keep going yeah, and you'll eventually get there. And all the people that don't give up because it's just too hard or too vulnerable mm. or too frustrating or whatever it is, or they're yeah. not learning from their mistakes. They just keep making mistakes and yeah. it doesn't, you don't have to be something amazing to get to where you want to be. You just have to have like, a thick enough skin to eventually get there. I think it just takes time. Oh, I love mm. that. So love good. That. It's not overnight. It takes put effort and vulnerability and risk. And I love that so much. And if you're committed, you will get there. Like I yeah. just, yes. I don't think that the, if you're a photographer and you just keep going and you keep trying, you keep learning and you keep asking questions and you keep refining and you keep, you know, changing and updating your style and your website and your technique and all of that, like your, and your process and how you work with clients. If you just keep going, you absolutely will get there. Yeah. Like I don't think that there's a question, like you can't just be that bad that you're never going to get there, yeah. you know, but I yeah, think absolutely. it's the people that get stuck. The people that give up, those are the people that aren't going to make it. And yeah. so, I don't know, maybe that's encouraging that you don't have to be some crazy, creative, you know, magical personality and, you know, everything is easy for yeah. you to be in the place that you want to be. You just have to be willing to put in the work. I love that so much. Annie, you are amazing. I feel like we could sit here and talk about creating and weddings and elopements and composition, all the things all day long. Um, but as we, as we wrap this episode, we have a question that we love asking pretty much all of our guests on the show and just hearing all of the different insights and lessons learned is so powerful and so amazing. So for you, what has been the biggest lesson that you've learned in business? interesting. (laughs) (laughs) You can take time too. If you need to just like pause and think for a while. (laughs) I'll answer. I think I've been going through this myself now, but I feel like every single year I always underestimate 
myself, what people expect for me or think of me or I'm talking about like, I see myself so much more critically than other people do. And I think in business, that's so hard because I'm the one that's determining, you know, uh, what pictures I'm going to deliver, how much I'm pricing myself, um, (laughs) where, where we're doing our shoot, whatever it is. I just feel like every year I always come back to the same realization where I'm like, people have a lot of trust in me. People are willing to pay me a lot more than I think that they are. Like I'm the one that's putting this lid on my business. Yeah. No one else is. It's just me. <laughs> it's good. And so I think that the biggest thing that I always come back to in my business every single year that kind of gets me to the next level because, you know, every year I'm trying to level up is that I have to take my lid off and believe that what I do is worth this much money and what I do is, you know, going to be successful, say, if I only take on 10, like, there's so much that's wrapped up in what you believe about yourself and how you see your business. And I'm just always so much more critical and see myself so much less valuable than other people do. And yeah. I have to relearn that every single freaking year. I don't know why, yeah. but I that's do. That's so relatable though. Yeah. I, like, I think that just spoke to so many people because mm-hmm. just I like the analogy of just like taking the lid off and stop like putting a cap on yourself. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. so good. Oh, Annie, thank you so much for your time and just sharing your experiences and your lessons and all of the things. I know you inspired me as a photographer. I know Lindsay's also probably feeling the same well, way. Literally, <laughs> as you were talking, I was just like, your voice is so soothing. And I was like going over your feed and I'm like, I want to shoot like 50 weddings now again. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, Annie, we're in a similar boat of each of us only shoots like three to five weddings a year now. So we're, we're, our mm-hmm. elopements were very minimal, but I just, you just talking you. We're like, me up. You filled me up. I was like, Oh, I want to take shot. Oh, we're, like, yes. we're going back in full time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we love it. Annie, thank you for everyone who is now obsessed with you, who maybe doesn't follow you, uh, which would be very sad for their photography existences, but and their eyeballs. We, we are, we are fixing that now. Where can everyone find you, uh, book with you if they want to, follow along on your work and your journey, all the things. It's just Annie Graham. So AnnieGraham.com or Annie Graham on Instagram. That's where I'm at. We love, love a simple it. girl. We love a simplicity. <laughs> like that's amazing. Thank you, Annie, for being here. We just got so much out of the show. I know our listeners did too. So thank you for taking your time to be here today. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you.